listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. This is the Beyond the Game program coming to you from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. Sports talk without the trash talk. I'm Rick Benson. Along with me is Zach Barletta, who produces this program. Zach, let's jump right into the biggest news coming out ahead of this weekend Super Bowl. And that is the band Maroon 5, who is headlining <laughs> this year's halftime show, canceled its news conference to discuss their performance, with the NFL announcing that the artists will let their show do the talking as they prepare to take the stage this Sunday. Oh, my. Maroon 5 did not give a reason for its decision. It comes as entertainers have been critical of the band's appearance, saying that social injustice needs to be addressed during the Super Bowl. Several entertainers have declined to appear. Gonads are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. <laughs> <laughs> to which I say, good, don't come. This is the kind of news we need more of. It's a football game, for crying out loud. If I wanted to watch a rock band, I could turn on MTV. Well, I guess actually they don't have music videos anymore, <laughs> but I'm sure I could find it on YouTube. I can't hate the halftime shows any more than I do. Bring back the marching bands, or in fact, give us nothing at all. Aren't you getting a refill on your snacks, relieving yourself, or something at halftime? Yeah. A lot of it has to do with the fact that the most recent halftime shows that they've had the last few years are not music that I'm interested in hearing or watching. But even so, you know, I'm sitting on the couch not moving for an hour and a half or whatever before halftime. That's that's my time to go get stuff done. Yeah, even when it was, if you had YouTube or, or, or YouTube, YouTube <laughs> or the Rolling Stones or the Who, I, I think they all did halftime shows. But that's not why I'm watching football, to watch right. them. If I wanted to watch them, I'd go to one of their concerts. And while we're making this event better by getting rid of the halftime shows, as if you and I have this authority, we're just sitting here making it better, Zach. Get rid of Radio Row the week before. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love sports talk radio. But this is the worst week of sports media coverage as blowhards try to out-blowhard other blowhards. It, it's just, look, stay in your studio. Give us your normally good sports talk show. Well, not you, Michael K. Your show's off all the time. <laughs> you would think New York City would be able to do better. You would think so. Hey, he's probably a fine individual, but the show is awful. I do actually like the guys he's with, though. Really, though, the guests that these guys have, they just go from show to show to show. So every show ends up sounding very similar because it's just giving the same interview over and over. Just stop it. Anyway, coming up today, we're going to talk with the new track and field coach at Roberts Weston College. That's Mark McCown. We'll talk to him about what attracted him to Roberts and how he's able to share his faith through the sport of track and field. We also have our regular segments such as shenanigans. You like that coming up. That's all ahead on today's Beyond the Game program. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, January 30th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. 
After picking up a win last Friday night, 87-59 over the University of the District of Columbia, five Red Hawks, by the way, scored in double digits, the Roberts Wesleyan men's basketball team on Sunday defeated the defending ECC champions St. Thomas Aquinas 71-65. Aquinas was coming into the match ranked as high as 11th in the nation in some D2 polls. Senior Peyton McLaurin scored 27 points and grabbed 11 rebounds for his third double-double of the season. The win was the third in a row for the men, who are now 9-7 and seven overall. The women's basketball team also won on Friday over the University of D.C. 63-56, but were unable to top the ECC's top-ranked St. Thomas Aquinas College on Sunday, falling 67-53. There's no home action for the Red Hawks this upcoming week, but whether home or away, you can follow all the action at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll be able to get scores, highlights, and more. And, of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. And if you do stop by our website, you can subscribe to the podcast while you're there. Have it downloaded just as people all across the country and around the world do each and every week. This week, we say hello to Norcross, Georgia, which was one of those places downloading last week's broadcast. The birthplace of New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara and the headquarters of Waffle House, All right. America's favorite eating establishment, and where you have to download our program because not one Christian radio station in Norcross, Georgia, is carrying our program for some reason. Boo. Thanks for listening in Norcross, and hopefully you can enjoy your hash browns scattered, smothered, covered and chunked in Waffle Houses throughout the United States while listening to our podcast downloaded on your device. And, of course, wherever it is you're listening from, however you're listening, we thank you for being with us as well. I love the Waffle House. I, I know it's got a reputation. I love the Waffle House. I, lis- I just love waffles. I don't care if it's Waffle House or, you know, Continental Breakfast or whatever. Waffles are amazing. Swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Listen, I like a greasy spoon. I love the Waffle House. Man, you throw me those wa- those hash browns scattered, smothered. I I don't know what scattered is. I know smothered is onions, I think. Okay. Covered is the cheese. Chunked is the ham. I'm not sure what the scattered is because you can get the hash browns all the different ways. Anyway, here's Zach Barletta to give us this week's shenanigans statements. I'm all distracted now because I'm thinking about cheese and ham. Number one, now that Anthony Davis has requested to be traded by the New Orleans Pelicans, he will be part of the L.A. Lakers for this season's playoff run. I say shenanigans. And I say that because unless the Lakers empty the cupboards, I just don't see what motivation there is for the Pelicans to move them. They know darn well the Celtics can offer a lot more come the end of the season, which to me 
if I'm the NBA, don't you have to do something about that? I, I don't understand that rule completely, but there is a Me reason either. why, because of the Kyrie Irving signing, they can't offer as much as the Lakers can now, but that resets at the end of the year. And if I'm the NBA, I'm thinking, look, I got a great player who is sort of in a lame duck situation with a bad team. He wants to be – wouldn't you rather have that great player on a playoff team? Why are you handicapping the Celtics for making that deal now? But again, I say that not understanding completely that rule, but I say shenanigans. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm waiting for a bigger deal. And I agree with you. I say shenanigans. There's no need to trade him right now, today, this minute. He's under contract. He's your property. You can trade him at your leisure. Wait for the best package. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Number two, now that a player has been unanimously elected into baseball's Hall of Fame, there will be more to follow, and that shows that there is nothing significantly wrong with the voting process. Your turn to go first. Shenanigans. The fact that it took us until this year to have someone unanimously elected shows that there is a problem with the voting process. Mm. Look, Babe Ruth should have been unanimous. So many players before now, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, those guys all should have been unanimous. The fact that there has not been a unanimous player shows that every year there are people voting who probably should not be voting. There is a problem with the process. Mariano Rivera deserved to be unanimous, but in no way should he have been the first. Yeah, I agree with you, and I say shenanigans. There, There is a, still a problem there, and there's a number of problems. You can't have guys just having their own interpretation of what is a Hall of Famer. You can't have guys who are going to make whatever silly statement they want to make. Yeah. Oh, I don't think anybody's unanimous, or, or whatever their stance that they want to take is. Come on. Kurt Schilling is, to me, one great example. You may not like him. You may not like his political views. It does not matter. when If there was a game that you had to win, you were pitching Kurt Schilling. That guy is a Hall of Famer. You're telling me Mike Mussin is a Hall of Famer? I'm okay with that. But then so is Kurt Schilling. Yes, there's something wrong with the process. The Hall should be able to define and give some direction to what is a Hall of Famer what to do about the PED guys. There should be some direction given. And if you're not willing to, I don't know, do the votes have to be, are they made public? Are all of them made public? It's up to the voter to choose whether he That's wants the public thought, or not. That's what I thought, which is an issue. Now, in some situations where they let their ballot be known in advance, they get a chance to gauge public reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And apparently in the Mariano <clears throat> Rivera situation, the one guy that said he didn't, didn't turn in a ballot. Right. And that had to do everything with public response. But I think that one of the problems with that is that sort of sways the decision for other people. Mm -hmm. But I think after that vote is completed, by all means, that should be made public. And if you did not vote for a guy like Chipper Jones, if you did not vote for a guy like Ted Williams, man, you should have your vote taken away for you, absolutely. from you. Absolutely. Yeah, the fact that a guy like that who decided to make a statement by not even turning in his ballot, the fact that he had a vote in the first place is a problem. Right. I agree. Number three, speaking of problems, the Pro Bowl is ridiculous and needs to come to an end. I agree. Strongly. It's not going to happen, but it's an awful, awful exhibition. Guys running plays half-heartedly, trying to avoid getting hurt, which I get that. So why have the stupid game? Just have a skills competition. Let the guys have some fun. Have a skills competition. We all enjoy watching that. The only all-star game, Zach, we've said it a million times, the only all-star game worth the salt is the baseball one because it 
the game lends itself. I like the skills competition in every league. Uh, I love it in the NHL. And I do like the NHL's playoff form or their tournament format. Yeah. And the game itself, this, the quality of play is still a little weak. But uh, no, get rid of the Pro, Pro Bowl. Oh, my goodness. It's awful. It's so awful. It's troubling. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why it's still a thing at this point. It's not really a football game, right? I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Whenever I've watched the Pro Bowl, there's been, okay, let's throw a touchdown to an offensive lineman on a deep route. It's it's trick stuff. It's not real football. They tried to spice it up a few years ago by adding like a dodgeball tournament for the players and skills competitions and stuff. Nobody cares. And I know it gets more views every year than the Stanley Cup finals or whatever. That doesn't is, mean anything. Yeah, that's sad. Nobody watches the Stanley Cup finals, which is sad because they're fantastic. But nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. Give the players... I don't know, an expenses paid vacation to Disney with their families or something. Call it a day. We don't need the Pro Bowl. Go back to Hawaii. Players seem to enjoy that. You know, go back there. That's it for shenanigans. Come on back. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Roberts Wesleyan College's track and field coach, Mark McCown. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. I said shake. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. I'm pleased to be able to welcome into the program Mark McCown. He was recently named the head coach of track and field at Roberts Wesleyan College. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the program. Well, I'm pleased to be able to talk to you for a minute here. I hear that you were a one-time assistant at Churchville Chilai before you left the area, and now you're back. Uh, Rochester winners then are obviously nothing new to you. What is it about the Roberts Wesleyan track and field program that attracted you to that position and back into the area? Well, I guess personally for us, this was a move that brought us back to friends and family. Um, The community and the people of Roberts are kind of special to both my wife and I. Um, I guess uh, the position at Roberts for me professionally is also really a dream job. Uh, There's not very many D2 college positions that have, you know, a faith-based community and a, a history of success. So I'm just excited to be able to take this position and move forward with here with this new team. You mentioned a successful program, and certainly you take over a very strong track and field program. The men are ranked third in the ECC indoor preseason poll. The defending champion women are once again at the top of the preseason polls. But you've been a part of successful programs before. This is nothing new to you. You've been part of two national championship teams as an assistant coach at Bethel College in Indiana. What message do you bring a team that's already successful? Do you incorporate new things or pretty much let the program continue what has worked to this point? How, how do you approach that, taking over such a successful program? You know, the team has been really successful. So, you know, it's not like there's anything we need to do a whole lot of changing of, just uh Maybe a few tweaks here and there and getting bigger, I think, is the challenge. 
Um, but you know, this is still only into my third week. So I'm just learning at this point. I have a philosophy, but, uh, and it take me a month or two to really develop some opinions. Um, I'm just asking myself and the coaches, you know, kind of three different questions, you know, what do we need to focus on? Um, what do we need to teach and what are we going to leave behind as we move forward into next fall? Like any college sport, I imagine once you get your legs underneath you, a significant part of your job is going to be recruiting, recruiting quality athletes, recruiting quality students. Can you share what it is that you're going to be looking for in a potential student athlete and what it is you're going to tell them about Roberts Wesleyan so that they consider whether or not that's a good fit for them? Yeah, well, you know, the neat part about recruiting for track and field is that, you know, it's not like other sports. You know, there's space for everybody. You know, um, typically other sports, you know, they're trying to recruit five or six quality athletes and it's, it's almost a competition and you're weighing everybody else's needs against the team. But in track and field, you know, we just try to help students accomplish their own goals. Um, as I'm talking to athletes, I'm hoping to attract, you know, serious student athletes who are looking for a place to continue to grow. Um, the group we have now is uniquely gifted and in incredibly personal and professional goals. And some of them are taking majors and studying things that I'm glad I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, but as we're looking for those new people to come in, you know, we're looking for students that want to continue to grow. Um, you know, Roberts has some fantastic programs um, academically that are uh, preparing these students for professional careers beyond track and field. Um, and then we're looking for students that, you know, want to come and, you know, continue competing athletically, um, you know, just to come and do the work and have fun and, and be a community together um, where they can support each other and, you know, help each other accomplish their goals. And you just kind of explore what it means to live, you know, in a diverse community and wrestle with the hard questions of life um, and still feel supported and safe mostly. We're talking with Mark McCown, head coach, Roberts Wesleyan College Track and Field. Of course, our faith should be an important part of every area of our life. But as a track coach, how do you make your faith evident to your student athletes? And are there opportunities to share, say, spiritual life lessons through the sport of track and field? Yeah, well, I, I kind of reject the premise of the question. I think, you know, we try to do the same thing that you try to do on your show. You're just trying to serve other people. Mm. Um, you know, track and field is just the medium where I get to do it. I love coaching because where else do you get to help other people accomplish their goals? I get to serve people by carrying their sweats, ordering special custom pizzas, you know, taking care of blisters and sore muscles. I get to meet parents and families and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends. And when it comes really down to it, I really coach so that I can build into people's lives those relationships. And then when they have issues beyond track and field, you know, I can help them out maybe. Um, you know, the the joy of my life is having a, a summer full of you know weddings, so it just kind of validates what I do. Once again, we're talking with Roberts Wesleyan College track and field coach Mark McCown. Our listeners often share with me how much they love hearing these stories, as do I. Would you mind sharing your faith story, how you first came to a point where you realized you needed a Savior in your life and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Yeah, well, that's a long story because I'm an old guy, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with the short edition. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I've been very blessed with a family with a great Christian legacy, so I don't know that ever in my life there was a time that I didn't believe there was a God or feel His love or understand my responsibility to respond to that um, love and 
and the big question of who's going to be in charge of your life. But uh, I think one of the defining moments for me as a teen was that my dad is, he's always been in Christian ministry, and I guess I refer to myself as a super PK at, at times. Hmm. But, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a college administrator at a seminary, and the the men in the the young men in the seminary that I saw at the time kind of fell into two categories. There were these guys that were just incredible. I mean, they made me feel so good about myself. They invested in me, they encouraged me. They were just so cool. They were my heroes. And then there was another group that, you know, they were there and, you know, I'd kind of describe them as maybe a Christian nerd and um as everybody was asking me in my life, we're assuming, you know, are you going to become a uh, pastor like your dad? I just didn't see myself as that group of cool guys. You know, the, these guys that, you know, the Lord was really blessed and just created these these neat young men. And so I really struggled with, you know, uh, an interesting call to ministry. Um, and then, like many, I went off to, you know, church camp during the summer and, um the bishop at the time, you know, gave his personal testimony, and it sounded exactly like what I was struggling with. So I uh, I said, okay, God, you know, I'm going to let you have this area of my life, too, and if I'm supposed to be a pastor, you know, I'll do it, you know, kind of one of those things. And uh, so I went off to college with the intention of being a religion major, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't enjoying school. And so... Uh, I uh, we were praying about this and and things were going through life and I finally feel felt released to um, not pursue that and I changed schools and became an an English major with you know secondary education so I, I basically was going to go off to be a teacher and I graduated from college and guess what my first job out of school was youth pastor at Pierce Memorial Church <laughs> wow. <laughs> And and that's where I then got sucked into track and field as I volunteered at Churchville. You know, the kids in our youth group were involved in track and field, and so I went over there and volunteered. But uh, so life kind of came around full circle for me there as I, you know, kind of found my place um, via that route. So that's really, you know, as I let God have control of my life, he's he's chosen to take my youth group now, and it's a track and field team. Coach, I've enjoyed talking to you. I, I love hearing your perspective on investing in the lives of other people. I, I realize you're probably still settling in. As you've mentioned, you've only been in the position a few weeks. Is there anything that we can pray about for you? Well, I'm kind of bit, kind of a little bit nervous about this radio interview I'm going to do. Oh, no, I guess that's a little late for that. <laughs> a little late for that. Uh, you know, we are looking to create you know a new group of people for next fall, and um, I am praying that the right people will come to Robert's you know, and be be a part of, you know, this first four years of my tenure here and moving forward, then just that Roberts will bring the right coaches and support staff. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time and just want to say congratulations on the job. Thank you. That's Mark McCown, head coach, track and field at Roberts Wesleyan College. I, I loved hearing his perspective. Being a servant to the students, their families, being a servant of Christ as he's whether it's carrying the laundry or uh, coaching the team or nursing an injury, he's just there to serve others. What a great perspective. And that's the type of people you get at Roberts Wesleyan. I, I know I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the program. I love what they do at Roberts Wesleyan College. 
Come on back. we got lots to do. I'm Rick Benson. The guy across the studio is Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Faith is the reason I get up in the morning. That's why I don't need a warning that he's coming back someday. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer, because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back into the program. Once again, this week, our You Like That segment will signal that this week's show is coming to an end. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth you. Former Buffalo Bills head coach and current L.A. Rams defensive coordinator Wade Phillips likes to honor his late father, Bum, in any way that he can. His Twitter handle is at sonofbum. And this week, when the Rams arrived in Atlanta ahead of this weekend Super Bowl, he honored his father by wearing the traditional cowboy hat and sheepskin jacket his late father often wore on NFL sidelines when he was a coach in the league. Bum passed away in 2013. He was 90 years old. He had coached both the Houston Oilers and the New Orleans Saints, and Wade was part of his father's staff with both of those clubs. Wade Phillips's honoring of his late father is what like I like this like week. That. What I liked this week was actually the most Canadian headline of all time. Take off, eh? Uh, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed the other day, and I saw the headline, People Stuck on Icy Canada Highway Play Hockey. <laughs> so I had to read that. And it turns out that a few days ago on a major Canadian highway, there was a 50-car pileup. So as you can imagine, the traffic behind it was stretched out at a standstill for a long time. The highway was covered in ice, hence the pileup. So naturally, these Canadians get out of their cars. They've all got hockey equipment. A hockey game breaks out on the highway. These Canadians playing hockey on a shutdown expressway is what I liked this week. Well, that's it for now. I want to thank you for joining us here on the Beyond the Game program and invite you to tune in again next week as we continue our conversations mixing both sports and faith. Let me just remind you this radio program is mainly listener-supported. It's because of your prayers and because of your financial gifts that the Beyond the Game program is on the air. Please pray for us. Perhaps even commit to do so regularly. Ask God to use this sports talk radio program to impact those who hear it. And we'd also ask you to pray that he would provide for our expenses as we share biblical perspectives from the world of sports with listeners all around the world each and every week. And please consider what part you might have in that, if any. If God has laid it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this radio ministry, you can make either a one-time gift or even a recurring amount visit our website, btgprogram.com. And one more thing, if you're a business owner, please consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. That's it for Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold, 
Be great this week, everybody. 